periodical podcast, and I have a special surprise for you all, but you already knew it since you saw the title. Guess who's back? Barkov's biggest fan, baby. I don't know about that. I thought Paige was Barkov's biggest fan. Okay, well, the second one. The second one. That's fine. I, I'm okay if being number second two. second biggest fan, then that's okay. Yeah. You just like Barkov. Back. He went number two, and it worked out all right. So you, yeah. you, you came back just because of that goal. Which one? All three of them were pretty nice. I mean... I, I want to but... talk about the. I want to talk about the one where he basically uh, got an assist from Jeff Petrie because he was embarrassed that on that night he wasn't going to get a hat trick when he scored the other goal. I, I think it's, it's great that Barkov finally scored in between the legs. Like he said in uh, his post game that he's probably tried that he thinks seventeen different times over his career and uh hasn't been able to score yet so he's just happy to get the monkey off his back seems like like a very barkoff thing to do very very you know unassuming oh i'm gonna by the way i'm gonna try to undress this goalie with this crazy goal that no one else is going to be able to do and i'm gonna do it while a guy is slashing at me from behind yeah he puts the puck like back into where the defender stick is like just taunting him it's it's pretty embarrassing uh for for all of montreal there uh, but mainly for, for all the people who said Barkov wasn't fast, Barkov wasn't good, or, or still doubt him, or like Barkov shouldn't be the captain, or like here's another game where Barkov won it. Like there's two points that are pretty much because of Sasha Barkov was drafted by your club, and well, people don't give him enough credit for that. Well, I think there's there's one part of that that I want to get into briefly. I think he never says publicly, normally probably ever, that I feel... I'm not getting the credit I deserve for being this amazing hockey player. He'll never say that. But then when you realize that his two career hat tricks are against the Leafs on Hockey Night in Canada and against the Canadians on a Canadian national TV game, you realize he's probably going up there and saying, hey, guys, you realize I'm really good at this, right? You should talk about me more. Maybe Always plays good the- head-to-head with Crosby. I mean, yeah, Crosby he- says that he's the toughest center that he's ever played, ever. It's a shame that no one else in the Panthers could pick up the slack, but he was just, I mean. What well, there's does... there's four others. There's four other Panthers who well, can pick okay, up the yes. slack. Maybe maybe five, but they're, they're, getting, they're getting close to that. But when, yeah. I just love when he just does that because there have been some times when he looks dead tired because he's been played too much. And then in this game, he actually had two days off and he was playing against a team that had just played last night and got kind of raced by the Islanders. Islanders, lightning. Well, you get raced by the Islanders too, I guess. Now you could because they're actually not terrible. Uh, but it's hilarious to think that this is, he's done this now twice against the Leafs and Canadians, exactly the team you'd want him to do it against, right? Right, absolutely. One on Hockey Night in Canada against the Canadian uh, audience and then one at home to help boost ticket sales. It's ticket renewal season. Make sure you donate to charity of your choosing. Yep. I also want to say that this because when I – stated on Tuesday night when they played the Stars, which I'm glad you didn't watch that game. I barely watched any of that game because Maryland was beating up on Purdue at the same time, and that was far more interesting. When I said what the attendance was, and I... Boilermaker. Uh, they, they, they boiled... Two Boilermakers over here. They boiled over on, on Tuesday night. Seabass said that? I don't know. The guy over in the corner is Seabass. Well, there is this. Cam Neely. That's it's at least hockey related. Yeah, I guess. Well, I wish Maryland had a hockey team. They do have good hockey sweaters for their club team. 
and I should buy UMBC one. has a hockey team, and their logo is literally the cutest lab. You didn't notice that during the NCAA tournament last year when UMBC beat Virginia. No, I noticed that. I mean, I've played against their, their club college team when I was mucking it up. When you did when you did your thing, club hockey superstar. You must really love the John Butchergrass wearing all the club hockey sweaters on Sports Center. If you actually ever watch John Butchergrass, which I don't think you want to do. I mean, yeah, no. <laughs> I was about to say, wait a minute. He doesn't watch John Butchergrass. Maybe he did. Maybe he does because of the club hockey sweaters. Maryland did have a club hockey sweater shout out from John Butchergrass at some point. That might have been like three years ago, though. Uh, the He's second too point, sticky the... to for me. He's too sticky to for me. It's reasonable to say that. The one point I was going to make about the attendance is. Because all the Montreal fans complaining about, hey, hey, the Panthers have terrible attendance, right? And then every time the Canadians show up, the building's sold out, and then all the Canadians fans give the Panthers all the money. So I'm like, well, it's, it's great that you're making fun of the Panthers' attendance, guys. And then when the Canadians show up two times a year, the Panthers make literally loads of money off of you. So maybe if you want to really criticize the attendance, don't show up when the Habs show up. But if you think about it, if they're making, if the Panthers are making loads of money off them twice a year, think about how much Montreal is making off of them 41 times a year, and other teams are getting from their fans 40, 41 times a year, it's, sure, like, however you want to spin it, but at the end of the day, the Montreal Canadian fans are the one laughing because they have a team that is not going to default, not going to go bankrupt, not going to... Panthers haven't gone bankrupt. Never. Yet. I think they're going to, but you know, but it's it's not out of the realm of possibility. It is out of the realm of possibility that Molson is going to be want for money, or is not going to be able to buy his team out of trouble. Florida this is, this has Florida has kept James Reimer around because they can't just buy their way out of trouble. Florida has is keeping a coach around because they can't just buy their way out of trouble. It it has a noticeable impact on the ice. Well, and we'll people that. We'll who people who like to say that there's money there there's money but up it, to a point yes well that's in every that's most nhl teams that aren't you know the canadian yeah however let's get to some actual panthers topics i did find that very enjoyable though uh last thing, last, last thing about barkov last thing about barkov though because i we kind of got away from it and i, and I didn't want to jump back in until we were done with it um when I was bringing up the, he did it 17 times. I mean, I think for me that just exemplifies the type of player Barkov is. Um, he's out there on the ice, pra- doing that stuff. So like people say, like he doesn't try to score, he doesn't, um, he doesn't have a nose for the net, or he doesn't shoot enough. I mean, he's out there trying to score in between his leg over and over and over again, and then eventually does it. So I think people need to. How many times has he pulled the Forsberg move in the shootout? That's not easy to do. Right. And, you know, he he obviously practices a lot. And in the game, he he constantly does the things you want to see star, top, and scorers do. And he does it in games constantly. They don't always result in goals. And that's something that fans have to be aware of. Um, you know, I, I think they they miss a lot of what he does and how actually engaged he is with shooting the puck and scoring goals. I mean, he's four goals behind Mike Hoffman, but in way less shots. And people are literally saying that they'd rather trade Huberto than Hoffman and like how we have to re-sign Hoffman and like all over Hoffman. And like, oh, we've never had a goal scorer like Hoffman. Like Barkov's a better goal scorer. Like sit down, like, please. It's embarrassing. It is 
it is weird the the fact that some Panthers fans seem to underrate Barkov even though they watch him all the friggin' time. It makes no sense. Like Yeah, he's it, the best he's Panther at everything. He's criminally at underrated everything. by everybody not in Florida. So how do you think he could be criminally underrated by the own team's fan base, which is odd. But at this point, I I mean at this point, I mean you watch games just because you want to see what he does because he's amazing. And that was the like, only reason to watch, really. Well, I will. I'll watch for. I'll watch for Huberto because he's he's starting to play better, and I like him. I'll watch for Henrik Borgstrom too because I like him, and he's playing decent Dude, at the he, end point. He's playing good, but I mean, what are they doing? They're they're grinding him into a shutdown center. And, well, not eh, quite, but you you'd think that, but it's not fantastic. quite. I mean, they're just not really giving him opportunity he's, he's playing second power play at the very least so that never really sees the ice but well yeah. it doesn't but it has actually not been nearly as bad since he came back so well like it's not it, he needs like five on five time he needs they're getting more he's getting more line it, i eventually would assume that he'll get to be the second line winger but we'll get to that in a second uh let's let's go for which nuclear meltdown did you want to go to first the Huberto trade rumor because that was a hilarious day on Twitter. Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't discount it. I mean, I definitely think it's a rumor. Um, it came. From I'm just somewhere. not. I'm just not sure who's driving it. Obviously, the the narrative that is officially put up by team and agent, and they'll both play along with that. Is Huberto's been reassured that whatever whoever leaked whoever said anything there's no basis to it he's not going anywhere and that's probably the truth and so who really cares but you know it knowing his agent knowing what happened the last time a contract came up and some of this stuff and how vocal he's been recently and how the ownership doesn't typically like people who who don't fit inside a certain box and Huberto of all the players on the team doesn't really fit inside a box that that box they want so it it makes sense that there's you know a 15 20 percent possibility this could be true who knows it's probably an off-season move at all and you know if the Panthers do end up moving them they better get a heck of a return back because that's going to be the last straw for a lot of fans and possibly me is making like a stupid move like that for whatever reason you know you just gotta say that when I wrote about it and I was like under no circumstances should they consider it because he has an amazing contract and he's way better than his numbers would suggest that he is uh, yeah, if you're trading him for a forward, you're going to get back a pretty equal forward who's going to be more expensive, especially if it's like trading him to get back Panarin and stuff. I mean, it just makes you bang, more bang for your buck just, just keeping Huberto and, and riding him out through his what's going to be a pretty impressive prime. So. He is really, really good. He's just not scoring a lot of goals, but that's not the be-all and end-all. And there's no, there's no Huberto replacement. You have an outside shot, Denisenko turns into that. But other than that, it's not like they have any type that kind of fits into that Marion Hosa slot. Like, and as soon as you lose that, you're going to be looking for it. Every team like is always looking for a Every, player of that ilk. Three teams in the National Hockey League who would kill to have John and, Huberto. And you know they at a similar cap hit and somebody who isn't part of the core hasn't been here that long and shouldn't be here that much longer is Mike Hoffman. So if you need to clear money, I mean, that's 
a way of clearing I, money. I, I mean, I it's not long-term money you're clearing, but if you need to clear long-term money, how about how about you just trade like Hoffman and Matheson in a package for something crazy? Well, you know? there's a couple of things that I would say about, about I'd rather do that than trade Giro. Well, there, as I said, the, the likelihood of it happening is basically zero in the next six days. Very little before he has a no move on July 1 next year, which is also partially why you would get a rumor like this now. If the Panthers were even thinking about exploring it, then the only time you could explore it is now because he's got a no move that kicks in. But they're probably not trading him. I mean, Dale Talon's baby is Jonathan Huberdeau. I mean, you think I think about- I think it's I think it's dangerous just to like, I think to me it's dangerous that a rumor like this exists long enough to get out there, and to me it it freak it it, it frankly speaks to what we all know is the possibility that this management and this ownership group can completely bring down the house by accident. We're, we're a deck of we're a house of cards and they have before and there's no reason to think they won't again well dismantle it all in one fell swoop ago, did you if you listen to those podcasts from a couple of years ago you know what we're talking about that's gotten mentioned multiple times in the last couple of shows by the way please still listen to the Corey snyder and uh a micah mccurdy podcast uh, approved by tommy he liked them yeah and i go, have a ton go, of making them and and go hit up patreon or whatever if you have a and, and support couch and, and support some of their work because um why hockey does and well again when you i've met you both it. of them in person they're both incredibly great and they both do work that nobody else in this sport does and it isn't behind the wall of a team they will not end up they'll work for a team but they won't get hired totally by a team like you know rob volman was and so that, to me, is something that you should definitely support on principle. But getting back to the point about Just Hoffman, a cup of coffee. It's all it takes. Yeah. Getting back to the point about Hoffman. He's had a very good season. He's had the season we all expected he was going to have. I, I think everyone thought this was probably was going to be what it was for him. But he's going to yep. be in a big raise next year. And I suggested back in December the Panthers should think about trading him. Because the value you get for somebody like him would be massive. Now, whether you do it now or whether you do it in the summer, it's not really a question of when at this point. You'll get a similar package in the summer for him as you would now because he still has a year on his contract and everybody in the league, even the best, best teams, could afford to bring Hoffman in on that contract that he's on. And if you need to clear money for Panarin Bobrovsky, you're probably going to trade Hoffman because it's just a lot easier to do and he's got a limited no trade as opposed to a no move. So that's number one. And of course, if, he... if that no trade even exists anymore, because I thought, I thought once you uh, get traded, it, it goes away. Some teams can have it put back in in writing. I mean, I was just listening to the 31 Thoughts podcast where they mentioned what happens if you're traded and you have a no trade. It can get brought back in and we won't know that for sure. I, it, I would assume it still exists, but probably if Hoffman's getting traded, he's going to get traded to a good team. Like he's not going to get traded to yeah. a bad one. you know. Because next year, if you're going to trade him, you're trading him to somebody who is going to load up for a run. And presumably that's what I think the Panthers should be interested in. I don't think they're going to do it now. Uh, in terms of players that they are going to trade, Broussard's going to get traded for sure. Maybe Shane gets traded. I would still think they're going to trade Pasek. He was playing I think that they... 
Last I season. think that they would love to get rid of Pesic and Reimer obviously is their number one. Like they would do anything to move him, pretty much. And he's I mean, maybe not anything. Somewhat well now, so. Well, I mean, that's what they need. They need they need it for him to play well, and they need to keep playing him while he's playing well. I mean, that's the only way they're going to move him. So. This is true. This is true, and I think fact of life of him getting moved is getting greater and greater. Uh, we'll get to that in just a second, but I mean, in many ways they're doing all the good guy pieces about him, so they're 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 yeah. trying. They're they're loaded it up. They're 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 priming the pump for the for a Reimer trade, and I feel bad because I like James Reimer the person. He's nah. an incredibly nice guy. You, nah. I'm not going to my people I have not met in person. Yeah, I mean, I just it was a we know why they made the move it didn't work i just don't like the dopey i don't like the dopey all shucks i'm a kid i'm just a big kid personality that that's you know in a goalie in an nhl goalie that you want to be your turning into your number one and get you over the hump into the playoff you you don't want that i mean come on we don't want that and like it should have been should have been pretty known by everybody you know and then everybody kind of left them let him stay around and you know it's not it should have been handled a while ago and it's just kind of frustrating and annoying at this point well, that one guy funny. that one guy in the video that got laughed at because he said Reimer sucked and he shouldn't be here and geez oh oh boy so let's focus on something else briefly and i want to bring this up to you very quickly before we get into Bobrovsky and panarin because the flyers are also in this similar boat although they're winning more now foolishly because uh, they got a goalie. Because they do Shocking. have a goalie. It's They're getting crazy. saves. They are getting saves. It's actually kind of funny. And I want to get to the Flyers in a second because they're interesting. Uh, the Panthers right now, like in the long run, if we think that they can do what I've speculated that they could do, if certain plans are followed and multiple options, they take advantage of some of them, this season might not end up actually being that bad overall. Yes, it is. Yes, great. it is. Yes, it is. Don't let them off the hook. Don't let them off the hook. They haven't done anything them... good yet to, to earn it back. I'm saying it could be. I'm not saying it is yet. We have to see what It would do. still be a wasted year of Barkov, and it that's never all acceptable. All, yes, you're absolutely right that it's a wasted year So, like, of it's just never going to go back. It's just how many years left of Barkov's contract you have? That's your window where you throw everything at the wall to make sure that he at least wins one cup or at least wins a couple playoff series with you because he's walking. There's no way he's signing enough. Unless you like do something and like win his heart forever, which means you have to go on like a deep run with him. He's not, he's not signing. He's not going to take a discount to stay. That's a question we can ask in three years time, but that's if they do what we think that they could do. Now, I'll, I'll start by saying this. about Which is a lot of things. There are a lot like of trading things. Hoffman for a defender. There's a lot of things. knows how to, to play defense. There's a lot of things that have to happen. Tommy, let's go over it now. Let's go step by step. They have next year, assuming no changes in the cap, $21 million in space. <laughs> now, hold on. They got to trade Huberto for cap space. Some idiot <laughs> says that. Some idiot says that. Uh, if they the same got... guy who said that, uh, what's his name? Dan Hamuse was a hundred percent going to be a flyer. Ooh, wow. Ooh. People on a, on a team plane. He said he heard it on the team plane. Oh boy. Uh, oh, anyway, boy. 
Roberto Luongo and Reimer, if you clear those contracts, you now get up to 7.9 added in space. So you're at about 29 million, give or take a few hundred thousand bucks. If you trade Pissick, like- Pissick's a pretty easy. I think the reason, the only reason they haven't traded them is because they're just not real. They're not going to lower their asking price until the off season. Or, but I, I think he's a pretty a right-handed D. Deadline, which someone will. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but like you know, in the off season, I feel like by the draft they'll easily be able to get a pick for him if they want. Like you know, it's just about if they want to move him. I think they because he's he's movable. Oh, they they absolutely want to move him. I'm 100 percent convinced that they're going to try to at this deadline. There's a lot of about time. A lot of teams can use right-handed D. So if Pesic uh, goes, can, when when can I take my Mark Pesic? victory lap you've already when? taken it but you can take it as many times as you want <laughs> so that's three because that's... dude is a third pairing defenseman he has been uh, not good people are talking about how bad mike matheson has been and he's had a real he's the game. reason my matheson's going going to see a sports psychiatrist at this point uh he played he played somewhat better since they broke up the pairs so yeah but i mean like what better but anyway, the next question is for the Panthers is, okay, 31.7-ish million if you trade Pesic. If you trade Hoffman, you add 5.18 million to that. So you're up to about 38-ish, right? And then let's say the cap gets to 83 million next year, which is a reasonable assumption of where it could be. We'll find out in March where it is. If you could get to 83 million of the cap and you get all those contracts off the books, you're at about 40-something million in cap space. And this does not include assets you get from the trades that you're going to make inevitably, draft picks, prospects. And this also does not include RFAs, but next year your RFA would include Uyghur, who's not going to get paid more than what he's making right now, which is 900 k Montembeau's not going to make more than what he's making now. Neither is McCaution. Mulgan maybe a little bit more. The only one that somewhat could up their value is Frank Petrano, but even then, he might get double the contract he got now, which is 925000 <laughs> Frank Vertrano is an interesting one. He's one of the few trade ships that they can move and not really miss out on. But he's also, if you think that, you know, this wasn't a blip and he can do this more often, especially when the roster gets more crowded with your prospects and you still want to play him at that point, maybe they can keep him. But he's a good person to trade. He's a good person to keep. Which... They have a lot of things that they can do with him. I mean, you did not like it when they traded for him last year, but you have to admit. No, that's that's a bad framing. I I didn't see where they were going to play him and if they were going to play him enough. And to be frankly, to be frank, it's on, the only reason is because that he's been able to do this is because they haven't been playing. They didn't play Borgstrom. They didn't get some of the outside help other than Hoffman that they should have been having. He's still having a good season. You can't deny that. It's it's a good-ish season, but, I mean, how many times were we all yelling for Frank Petrano to be, that had to be sitting because of his stupid penalties, because of his terrible defense, which was giving up go-ahead goals late in the third period because he was doing just what Mike Matheson was doing or just what Mark Pissick was doing, out to lunch, doing nothing. I mean, he's got a good shot, and he's been given the opportunity to play back backside of the net and wait for shots in the offensive zone, and the Panthers have been throwing a lot of stuff at net. Like, that, 
hasn't been the problem, and he's capitalized this year. Good for him. It's going to give him money, and he's not a bad player. But, you know, I'm not moving mountains for Frank Vetrano, who is, you know, Brendan Peary light. I mean, I was about to many, say, like, like, he reminds me of Brandon Peary. How, yeah, I mean, like, we got Jimmy Hayes. Like, we had uh, Jimmy Hayes scored 20 goals as a Panther, you know? Like, it's not crazy to think that he's not going to be anything in a year. This is true, but you're you're not going to end up having to pay him a ton, and I would I would assume the Panthers probably give him no. A but deal. there's there's a team that might value him a ton, or there's a team there might be a trade deal that you need to get over the hump, and he's on the short list of players the other team wants, and he's one of the few players you're willing to give up too. That's fine. Completely. Yeah, reasonable. I mean, completely he's, reasonable. I'm saying that yeah, I'm not trying to get too attached in. to him is is my thing. I'm not I, I would I wouldn't go buying Frank Vetrano jerseys this offseason. No, no, just no. yet. I mean I, I my fear if I buy a Barkoff jerseys is that he's end up going to not be good because every time I buy a jersey of a player they end up stinking, but that's another thing for another day. So if they clear all that cap space if they get all that money off their books and the cap goes up to what we think it is, they could end up having something like 40 million in cap space if they play it yeah. right. And then, and then let's get to no Bobrovsky excuses whatsoever at that point. Let's let's get to Bobrovsky and Panarin. I have said to myself, I haven't talked about it much on this podcast because I haven't focused too much on the Panthers lately. Once they started to do what they've done, as soon as they made the move to trade Bugstad and McCann out to get in expiring contracts and draft picks, it became pretty obvious what they want to do. There is no other team in the NHL right now that is going to go as hard after Bobrovsky as the Panthers are going to. I think that's pretty obvious. Yes? Yes. I can't see any other uh, that's, team in the league. That's, that's literally what all the window dressing has been for the last three months. Basically, since it became pretty much obvious to everyone that the current duo was not going to get it done and that the Panthers needed to make big changes. Yes. And like even when the most loyal fans started coming out saying like okay guys it's time to do something with goalies then yeah the everybody has kind of made an about face and has been dead set on Bobrovsky which I guess makes sense it's the most obvious one he's won the Vesna before uh he's interested in playing for your team and when you're Florida uh that matters um he's gonna fit into the Russian culture of the locker room and everything that won't be an issue and uh, he wants because the tax breaks so yeah and and the other thing is you know some of that risk is mitigated by the fact that there is going to probably be another lockout and the last lockout had two contract forgivenesses so if it does all blow up it all blows up the other thing is you have to like i've been saying earlier it you have to literally literally go for it the next three seasons um and Bobrovsky is one of the few goalies that is a very good chance of being able to steal a playoff series in the next three years if he can win a playoff series now that's another question entirely but it, it seems pretty obvious like who are the other teams that could reasonably spend that much for a goalie well I mean you have to go one They've got, it's not going to be Philadelphia. No, it's not going to be the Flyers. It's not going to be the Islanders because they've turned Robin Lehner into a good goalie by just their system, so they don't you're, need to You're looking at hockey. Vancouver um, is a yeah, possibility. Yeah, like, but they like DiPietro, and they're, they're not they? exactly in win-now I mean, mode. They, they like DiPietro, but, you know, 
DPHO's under six foot. Um, you should follow you know, Mark McGill, not, my he's good too- friend, for goalie advice for for goalie advice and goalie things because he was a goalie when he played and he he has some good. He's not Kevin Woodley, but he he makes good points I, about goaltenders. I like DPHO a lot too, but I wouldn't not they're, they're go like at i wouldn't now with markstrom because they're not I, exactly in i in would now mode. i would still go after bobrovsky if i was vancouver dpho and markstrom are both not that good that you wouldn't at least explore it and if he's willing to do it probably do it because you know they have a pretty good forward core i mean listen i i don't know if bobrovsky is the right choice for florida we'll go on to what i think could be other options they have and stuff but at there's reasons not to his groin injuries, his age, how many years and how much money he's going to want. But the big sell for Florida is, you know, is probably a package deal. I mean, that's what Florida is kind of looking at. That's what the players are kind of looking at. I mean, Panarin had a very good, very expensive, worth his money agent that got him, you know, a pretty good deal with, Chicago got him into a pretty good fit with Chicago, et cetera, et cetera. Got him to Columbus and got him on a, that his last contract, et cetera. And now he's going to Bobrovsky's agent. I mean, that signals at least, or you know, has the perception of that they're gonna be looking, aiming to go do something together, or at least be trying to cut down on their commission together or something. Like, there, there's some sort of joint aspect there. So then when you add uh, it all up, like, what and, teams are going to be able to afford both of them? And you look at the list, and that's very few. Yeah, I mean, Arizona is an interesting name. Uh, I think Calgary is is an interesting name when it comes to comes out there i think move james neal and a lot of other things first the the coyotes yes yeah but are the coyotes in like it would be interesting because the coyotes, get the coyotes don't have the money to do it because they don't have an owner that's going to be willing to like they might not have an owner period but well they don't have the financial backing to sign two guys to that viola and seafood deal and that's this is yeah i mean demonstrated they would be able to get a loan from from the bank for that amount, and the I don't think you know the financial situation the kind of, the Coyotes because they don't have a set owner. They could you know, what what is their financial future? It's undetermined. Well, see, that's why I like when when it was just Bobrovsky and Panarin in the situations that they were in. I was thinking the Panthers are more than likely to get Bobrovsky. I would saying that just for reading the tea leaves, it looked like it, but Panarin, I didn't know. Because there's just too much going on. Now that they have the same agent, I think it's far more likely that they get them both. Now, and I don't, I don't think that they're gonna have to break the bank in the way. I don't think it's gonna be ten million, ten million cap hits. And even, I think that even it's going then, to be. If you clear the decks completely, as we suggested, they'd still be okay if they ended up going ten and ten. Kucherov makes nine point five, so Panarin, the ceiling should reasonably what Kucherov is making. But even then, I don't know. Is he? No, because I mean, here's what you got to. Here's here's the facts of the matter. Barkov's the best player on the team. Now Barkov's criminally underpaid, so you're not throwing five nine out there. But Panarin's not Barkov or Kucherov. Good. Okay, I think so. One step down. Yeah, I mean, I think you're looking at 
Now, here's the thing. If the Panthers don't have them by the trade deadline, they can only sign them to seven years. So that hurts the cap hit. That's why so I think it's probably going to be higher because it's seven, not eight. Right. But and I don't think they're getting them at the trade deadline because there's no point in doing that at the trade it, deadline when you I don't think, need to. I think 9-5 is your ceiling on a guy like Panarin. Like there's 9-5. That's what nine five, yeah. that's I like, said. Like, uh, that's probably the ceiling of what that's, reasonably That's the ceiling I would go, but I think that's on the open market. That's, you know, that's when it's not, hey, we also have to pay your buddy that you're bringing down too. And then we got to get a defenseman so you guys could win together in Fort Lauderdale, which is going to be new Russia, whatever, you know, like we we're doing all this stuff for you. We're going to get Trump reelected. Like we got this. Um, the Panarin is going to need to take a little off the top. And I think Barofsky's going to, have to take a little off the top. Now, luckily goalies don't command that much. I think Barofsky's probably going to come in at like 8 million for seven years. Let me, let, let's, let's see. So then you got He's making seven, 17 million between the two of them. So You're probably looking at. I think he's going to make more than eight. I think to me, if I was going to make a prediction now of what he's going to get. Well, look I at his like actual salary. Well, if it's 6.2 now, I mean, like moving to eight million, going to a place where you want to play with your friend, where you think you might have a better chance and with a team that's starting to spend more to give you a better chance and building a team around you. Um, you know, that's maybe better than 10 million somewhere else where somewhere else where you're not with Panarin, where you're colder, where you're traveling more because you're in the West Coast conference. I mean, you're still traveling a lot when you're in Florida, but, you have but to it's, be it's not like it's not like San Jose or, or it's not Dallas. like, you know, yeah, like you could like, you know, and a guy like Borowski, he's more limited. There's 31 jobs at the most with Seattle. I mean, without Seattle, it's 31 jobs. And when you look around the league, the goaltending situation is actually not nearly as dire in as many places as you'd think. Because if you just went through the list, you'd go, well, most teams have their goalie. And if they don't, like, you're the Flyers and you have Carter Hart, so you're not going to upset that. If you're the Islanders, why would you pay for Bobrovsky? You've turned Robin Lehner into a really good goalie with your system. You don't need one. Or you're a team like the Senators who can't spend money or the Canucks who could spend money but are probably not ready to necessarily win yet, or you're in another situation. Colorado has already spent the money on Grubauer, so, so they got to wait so to see. So they're not spending money on Bobrovsky. So that's why I'm saying Bobrovsky always seemed legit like it's going to be Florida. The Panthers just have to clear Reimer and Luongo, which is easier said than done. Panarin was always, to me, more, not dicey, but he had more options. He could go literally anywhere he wanted. But now I start to think that it is more likely that he goes to Florida. Not more likely than not, but it is more likely than it was two weeks ago that he's going to Florida. And I agree. It, it, and I, and I also to... think it's not about money for him. So I think that's another reason why it could be lower. And, you yeah, know, I think it's... The tax situation obviously it's, helps. It's why Florida... And, you know, they got to be creative about it. Hey, like, we can get you these sponsorships. We can, you know... <laughs> cost of living or you know well also there's the idea that you know et cetera, et cetera. Him, you're going to be playing with russians we know that the panthers have no problems not just paying russians but they like them they bring them in it's a russian friendly environment he's already going to the team's best player is russian another player that he's going to be playing with who could be playing on a line with is russian so 
they have no issues with that. And that is another thing that makes Florida more attractive. They already go down there all the time anyway. I was listening to Mike Russo on, on Puck Soup, and he was talking about how the Blue Jackets and Wild was the last game before the All-Star break for them, and they hired a private jet to go to South Florida so for their All-Star break. So it seems like it's definitely coming that way with the tea leaves. Now, they don't necessarily have to go after Panarin. Bobrovsky, probably yes. But they don't necessarily have to go after Panarin because they've got a lot of different things that they can do this offseason if they want to, if Panarin somehow doesn't come. Although if you're if you're gonna back up the Brinks truck though, you back it up for Panarin and not Bobrovsky. That I That's my only thing. If you're if you're just dead set on I need one of them, I'm gonna get into a bid and war or I'm gonna have to meet demands and hit double digits on a cap hit, you go Panarin ten times out of ten over Bobrovsky. If you have to put money on something, you do it on the forward who's who's a point-per-game guy. Imagine imagine him on a line next year. In his mid-20s, Imagine him on a line next year with those two. That's just insane. And maybe he's the type of player that gets Trocek to be less selfish and gets Trocek to take the next step and stuff. I mean, you're looking for a forward who can do that at the moment. And, you know, you don't want to make Huberto have to do it all the time because I don't think that's Huberto's role. I think Huberto is supposed to be giving Barkov 40 goals. You know he's, what I mean? He's, he's, like that, he plays better when he's with Barkov. I, I think because he wants to. Yeah. They but just Barkov plays better with Huberto because it makes – when Huberto's on Barkov's line, Barkov goes for goals more, way more often. It and is- that's what – I That's just saw how last you did. night, just the way that they played together. It was just, they they started, said, you know what? It's time for us to take this game over. And then they did. Yeah. And it's, it's, but, it's a great combination. But even then, this offseason, there are a lot of other things that they could do if it wasn't for, you know, like Panarin is available. But let's say in the dire situation where they don't get him, it's not like Panarin's the only option. There are a lot of them. Yeah, I mean, yes, he pulls your RVs, a healthy scratch. There's Mark Stone. Oh, they Stone. should be trading for him whatever There's... they do with, with Panarin. They should be trading for him regardless. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of... I mean, would you be all opposed to, let's say, it doesn't work out with Panarin, would you be opposed to signing Matt Duchesne? I wouldn't. I don't really want Matt Duchesne. I don't really... I mean, I think at that point you just keep Hoffman. What if it was Mark then... Stone? Yeah, I would for Mark Stone. Yeah, I mean, because that makes more sense. Because Mark Stone's more of a player. You know, Duchesne is. Why don't you ask more Taylor Hall? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like that's what happened. But I mean, why don't we just pair Matheson and and Hoffman and go and see if Colorado wants to give up like Ottawa's first for that? Like, give up our first Matheson, whatever, and try to go for Ottawa's first. There's that. Well, there's you know, like just if we're gonna be like if we're gonna be stupid and go for some stuff, like they can go for a lot. Like they have the assets now to play with, and they're gonna have cap space to play with. They don't have to just go for Bobrovsky. They could, they could go for really getting a good defenseman, like going and trading Hoffman for Hampus Lindholm out of Anaheim. Anaheim's struggling. That's an even cap hit. That's something Bob Murray likes to do, a good hockey trade like that. Swede that played for the Panthers. I can't even think. Was it Michael Samuelson? (sighs) um, It might have been. 
Well, they signed that Swedish defenseman, and how that worked out? That worked out spectacularly. But that's a, that's an <laughs> idea. You're absolutely right. Or yeah, I mean, like you know, for any number of their defensemen. There's um there's a goalie, Ilya Konol or Konolov or something like that. He's like 20 in the KHL. He's still draft eligible. Panthers could get him for free if they draft him. He's going to be 21 next year. Bring him over. See what happens. You know, you, you get him. Regardless of what they do with Bobrovsky, obviously. Yeah, I mean, but there's there's other ways to get a goalie besides paying the best ufa goalie at third be, i wouldn't even be that opposed if the panthers went out and signed somebody like anders nielsen who's been fine for the canucks mm-hmm. been somewhat decent for ottawa you can bring him in on a. but flyer. that's like to me that's just like going the james reimer route and that's you're, like you're kind of right but it's not quite you're not giving i mean Nielsen five years well that's because you know steve weir is not here but well, this is true but, I mean, they, they have options, and what they now need to do is take advantage of that. And I think, based on the fact that they did the Bugstad and McCann trade, they're thinking about those kinds of options. But that doesn't mean they're, they're going to make the right options. And no. I say that because they did the Bugstad and McCann trade. No, no, no. Listen, I'm, I'm like, saying that I, this is the start of something, and we don't know what the end of it is yet. Right. And we but need the to fact see that what they, the end of it is before the I The fact that they it. already moved those pieces for mm, return for yeah to do it like they're that's not the smartest move i'm not saying it's a dumb move but well, i don't also think don't know what broussard is going to get in a trade we don't know exactly what's going to get exactly. in a trade. Like, what if they don't what if they get nothing when and both we'll of get them something just for i don't know about shayan what if they don't though or like what if they just get like a fifth and nothing and that, you know, like they they shot fit. they shot two bullets from their chamber on a trade for to get a second back, which you know they need to get the second back, and they think they need to get rid of cap space. But like you, like Bukestad's not untradeable. Like you can get you can move Bukestad, and like McCann, it was a trade where the talent could look both players in the eye and say, "I helped you off a sinking ship," and. Get, get, like put them in a good career now you know like honest. like that trade that trade probably saved jared mccann's career mm. definitely saved nick bugsett's career uh well he hasn't had the best of time in pittsburgh yet let's be honest who bugsett hasn't i've been watching don't, some of these it, games they've but guys guys come on we we don't we don't judge like three it's been a couple it, guys take a while i mean how like how many times do we trade for somebody and they just get murdered because like they don't fit into the system? I mean, Buke said was playing center, wing, third line, second he's, line, he's first line. Placed everywhere at this point. For right. The so just let him settle and everything. But you know he's already looking better than he did in Florida. So that that's got to tell you something. Um, and you know McCann looks fine. And he wasn't actually that terrible this season, all things considered. Well, I mean, he was bad other than finishing. But, I mean, like, the F- Panthers have a few players like that right now. Like, they could aff- afford to lose them, but was it worth it for that trade? I mean, McCann for a second, I that's fine. I don't mind that. But 
I, I think overall, you know, it, it, it's a matter of I'm not. It's a matter I, of I don't, complete picture and where we are now. But that's what now. they always do. They always do the incomplete picture. They do like, oh, we're gonna do this big move, and we're clearing cap space for this, and then we're gonna do that, and then we're gonna do this, and then they, and then they talk about it for like three fucking months, and they keep the fuck, and then they keep like the. And then they don't do anything else. They don't get rid of the players they should get rid of. They don't do the stuff around it. And then they put all their hopes in one basket. And then it doesn't work out because of the Florida Panthers. They have a budget. And they're the Florida Panthers. And, you know, I'm just not going to give them any benefit of the doubt until they do something other than kind of making an okay move to set up possibly a good move that maybe works out. I you know what I, mean? to, I, I like, agree with that assessment, but as I say, as I will say, you can't judge them on the past until they prove that they're going to screw it up again. You could be skeptical. You could be. What do you mean they have? They haven't. Why did Why did we default from? Why did they go back to neutral? Like, how did? How, why are we oh, giving no, them no. that? You just restated. You just restated giving them the benefit of the doubt. You're saying, oh, well, until they prove that they're going to fuck it up again, don't think they're going to fuck it up again. I mean, wh why? They've only been fucking it up. They went into the year with Reimer and Luongo and Borgstrom in the AHL. They went, like, they still, Bugner's still the coach. I mean, what do you mean that they Capuano is still here? Like, what do you mean that they haven't proved that they're going to fuck it up again? They've only proved that they're going to try to fuck it up again. This is This is different. Signing free this agents is not and getting free agents is, it's is not. different. Who's is different in in Troy Brower was the free agent they signed last. Other free agents they've signed include notable James Reimer, Jason Demers. I mean, like, what do you mean they haven't? Well, that's a that's an owner that's a that's a front office that doesn't exist anymore. So really, because half of them are still there. Well, the, and then the other half Jason and the other Jason. half are the administration they kicked out before that that also signed some pretty shitty well, free agents. So again, I'm let's be honest. <laughs> So then, uh, like the, I'm still waiting for them to to do anything well enough to to get any sort of credit or benefit the doubt back because they haven't done anything. They have not had a good year. Your the last opinion. good thing they did was traded for Mike Hoffman. Period. End of story. That's the last good what, thing they like did. Like getting a draft pick for Petrovich. Well, we that, talked about that before. Oh, I mean, like, come on, like that's Chiarelli, like giving them a gift. Like, this, is, come this on. is true. Well, everybody he, likes on the same day because he traded Sam Gagne same, for. Yeah, I know. On the same day, he traded a what? Like made a worse trade with Brendan trade, Manning. Trade, so, and and I mean, Brendan Manning is on waivers now, so. Yeah. Uh, at least they're not rooting for the Oilers. Uh, as I said, I'm not giving them the benefit of the doubt. Don't it doesn't it might sound like it, but I'm not. I'm saying I don't know what their picture is. I'd like to see what their picture is before. But that's giving them the benefit of the doubt. That's not literally really. giving them the not benefit. Really. That's you're just you're literally just re-explaining the benefit of the doubt. You're saying in, I'm giving them the benefit of having doubt until I see what they do next. Again, I go in thinking they're probably not going to get it right, but I go in saying. But you're going to give them the benefit. The last chance. Obviously, of not... the front office has got one more chance before everybody gets fired. So, let, let's move on to the let's move on to your other team, while we're at it. Uh, at least they're doing yet? something Philadelphia. not yet but it's a good bet i'll get one i, I mean will they're they're doing some things right i mean they're not doing everything right but they're doing some things right they fired a coach they're 
fire moving down. things around. They're making trades. They're looking at things. They're probably going to move Wayne Simmons at the trade deadline and not extend sure. him, which, yeah, I mean, the, that's what the brain says, and I think that's what you want to the new GM to do or what you thought the new GM would do. So everything is kind of going according to plan. Um, and, I mean, there's still – they don't necessarily have the benefit of the doubt either. I'm not sh- – they kind of have the benefit of the doubt on head coach. Um, but I'm not sure if they have well, the – Are you okay with Cam Talbot being like the Kaiser Sose to Carter Hart? Yeah, because it means that they're going to stick with Carter Hart, and that's the best goalie they have. So that makes sense. And, you know, Cam Talbot, they just have to – to make that work, they just have to move out a lot of other crap. They have to move out Andy McDonald. They have to move, you know, they have to like they have to move out and replace it not with new versions of the same crap. They have so, thirty three million in cap space if they don't get rid of Andy McDonald. All their other bad contracts yeah. get off the books, minus I guess Van Riemsdyk. Yeah, so you can. I mean, I don't think Van Riemsdyk's a bad contract. I think that's them allocating a space of the of the cap because they they know they're going to go to the caps pretty soon and i think that's them allocating it to someone they think is going to deliver they've got no bad contracts hasn't had a bad years they've got no bad contracts on the books other than mcdonald next year yeah so it's about how they fill in the gaps i think i give them more i give fletcher i think fletcher's going to hire a better coach i'm more confident or i should say i'm more confident Fletcher is going to hire a better coach than I am with the trades or the moves or the drafts. He's, I think he's going to draft well. I, I think Minnesota drafts well, but you well, know, his, well. yeah, his, uh, I'm not sure his free agent and, you know, his, his trading will be as much in the wind column as I'd like, but we'll see. Um, I'm interested to see what they get. I'm not, I'm not rushing back. I'm, I'm not buying tickets or any silly thing like that. So well, again, it's wait and see mode too. But they have they have a leg up. I mean, and let's be real. They have a leg up on the Panthers as far as making it, not only in the playoffs this year, um, but the playoffs next year, right. winning a Stanley right. Cup, making good on this core. Um, they have superstars in their late, like, you know, they have Claude Giroux and Jake Borachek, and that is who the Panthers are, are looking to add in, and they got Mike Hoffman, who's like Jake Borachek, so that kind of cancels out. Um, so that's kind of nice, but, you know, they don't have Giroux. They have, like, a better Couturier in, in Barkov, but, you know, they don't have somebody who's been in the playoffs, done it, has, you know. Well, you don't think Troy – I'm kidding. <laughs> you know and and i don't want to say that that matters and and you know head to head it it might not it might not but i think you know when the flyers also boast one of the best prospect pools where they have a guy like nolan patrick who's a second overall draft pick who's a center they have sean couturier who's also center behind Giroux. it it mitigates his risk and this is a guy who scored 100 points a few times and at one and for a few years was the best forward in the league so it's not just anybody, and it's not just a deferral to character or 
veteranship or, or something like that. He's he's one of the best players in the league, in my estimation. I know that's probably Overall, biased, I think but... you could say they're in similar positions. I know you give more benefits of the doubt to the Flyers, and it's probably reasonable because they're not as they have. They have the D coming. Like the the weakness is the D, but they have a ton of really good defensemen, prospects who are not only well regarded prospects, but prospects who are at the coming of age, NHL coming of age, coming of age to make the NHL jump, but also like that they've played 200 games in the NHL and they're ready to really contribute. Mm. They have it, and you know, like Phil Philippe Myers just made his debut. And he's I a righty, so now they got a podcast talking about him. And you know he's going to be a name that is going to allow them to move a guy like Gudis. And the thing is, when they move a guy like Gudis, all they're going to get is good picks and prospects back to fill the gap. And they have you know twenty of them already, so they're just the deeper Flyers, it's more, of a more money. thinking that a bad year like this isn't necessarily fatal for the overall plan even though we all thought they were going to be better than they were you know no i i think it helps speed it i i think this was like where i think this year is always going to be a negative for, for the panthers who really needed this year who really needed well, the revenue also, from you know they year. don't need to make the playoffs for the sake of making the playoffs the flyers don't have to do that you know, the Flyers have more built-in, you know, leeway, I think. From, right. The but I, I more think... critical, but they're, but they're not the Panthers who have been run poorly for years. You know. Yeah, but I think unlike the Panthers, um, the Flyers underachieving kick-starts the process of getting, cutting out the bad and, and, and changing the process and trying to um, get things going in the right direction. If... You know, if they had a good year, who knows what Hackstall's contract situation would have looked like and, and how long he would have been the coach for. Or maybe they would have kept the long-term Hackstall plan and, and Hart wouldn't have come up. I mean, with a team like Philadelphia, who has a history of not only backing up m- mistakes with their with their words and their actions, but also with money, um, a, good can come of bad. In, in Florida where, um, you know, the result on the ice, for the most part, doesn't influence the amount of money being spent or um, too much of decision-making. You know, a bad year wasn't good. Like, if they ended up getting a playoff run, they probably would spend a tiny bit more because they'll just have more money, period, because they have more home days. No, no, because, I mean, like, they're not going to make the playoffs, and look how much money we're talking about them probably going to spend. So I don't really think that, you know, oh, they maybe would have... I think that's more of a, um, with with that, I think it's more of a, we need to do something or otherwise we're lost for good. You know, kind right. of a last but, I mean, stand kind of thing. But that's them. But I mean, like, I think that, you know, that doesn't, them going, it's not like the Flyers where I think that they're actually changing the process and they're changing the direction. Well, because they've changed their I don't. I don't think, I don't, I think the process all, I thought I think the plan all along kind of was to just get to this free agent pool to get to where they could hey let's not make the change with Reimer and Luongo because we can get to this point in time blah 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 and that's the effect of results on ice results not impacting decision making because they were bad last year the goalies were bad and they didn't 
half well, they didn't well, make changes. Some people, and you know, it, that's, people, that's one. According to some, they actually weren't that bad in the uh, later portion of the season. All the Panthers needed was better goaltending to be good. Oops. Didn't that opinion turn out to be wrong? Yeah, I mean, I, I know, I know, I know. Can we get some other NHL topics? Because I think I'm gonna. I want to. Don't want to waste this time, because I don't want you to get too angry about the Panthers. Well, I'm not getting angry. I'm just, you know, I think it's while Florida definitely has a window of opportunity, and they definitely have a good foundation. Um, you know, what's they have the the problems are pretty systemic, and unless they make unless they show they're capable of changing it, it doesn't really matter. The flu- the Flyers, on the other hand, their issues aren't systemic. They're roster construction right now, and they've gone through the arduous process of getting gutting that and rebuilding everything from the ground up, and they're right about there, and they have no limitations as far as how much money they're going to spend well the nhl sets a on the bit. books off the books or anything like that's, that that's I mean, that's the other thing which i talked about a lot and, in the last two podcasts off the book spending yeah. off the cap spending is something that is not tracked and yeah uh, so like if they really wanted panarin like if the flyers really wanted panarin they can say like yeah we can give you 10 million for seven years and then we can also hook you up with what with germantown bmw we can hook you up with comcast obviously we can hook you up with this sponsorship and that sponsorship Watson, you're gonna be in philadelphia yeah we we you know, we have a partnership with Uh-oh. this uh, luxury condo company, and they're going to give you a condo for free. You don't have to pay a dime to live in in, in yes, Philadelphia. You don't have worry. To pay easy pass to go cross over the bridge to go to the skate zone for practice. No, dude, they'll pay for an Uber. They're into that. Oh, they'll pay for the company go, car. That's like thirty minutes to get from Philly to the skate zone. They don't care. I mean, they they can buy Uber. They don't they don't care. Well, maybe Artemi Panarin can. Uh, let's go into some other NHL topics, I guess, that uh, have uh, been interesting while you were away. Um, everybody is uh, uh, is making fun of Don Cherry again. It's so much so that even the ESPN talking head shows are talking about, you know, ooh, Don Cherry's an old guy, and look, he doesn't like the hurricane celebration. Yeah, I'm shocked. I mean, this is... I, I feel like at this point, it's the same people talking this having the same argument i mean how many more times does don cherry have to say something almost purpose purposefully inflammatory for us to realize that he's just getting trotted out to for this the reason the difference here is that the american talking head shows that don't care about hockey talked about it everyone everybody when this happened knew this was going to happen obviously. but it doesn't really matter because don cherry comes with his best warning label ever and that's his own outfit and you know people aren't going to take him seriously when 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 someone dressed like that is talking about you know have like taking things seriously and having respect and and like you know tradition and shit like that like even like eight-year-old kids can like see how full how phony he is you know what i mean like it's just it's not a it's not a messenger that really sells the message so i don't really worry about it well i don't like worry it's, about it, it either but i, I just you know like amazing it's, because this is happening again and everybody kind of knew this was going to happen at some point and, and the hurricanes are uh, selling t-shirts off of it yeah well i mean i saw i saw the one thing i did see was everyone comparing that to the hockey expert shirt see, this and is i'll what tell I you said. one thing this is what, there's, I, there's I a huge difference 
I said that There's to a friend a of mine too. I said it, in many ways, it's like that was the Panthers being defensive. You know, the Hurricanes well, weren't being defensive. Well, there's a difference between self-boasting and self-deprecating. Well, self-aggrandizing. I'm and well. I'm a. I'm. I'm a. You know. I'm. I'm a hockey expert. And then there's. Oh yeah, like someone called you a bunch of jerks, and it's like, yeah, we're a bunch of jerks. Whatever. Well, that the the, the Panthers thing was obviously, you know, that was a a bunch of thin-skinned people being really defensive about their, what they were doing, and the Hurricanes leaning into it. You could tell that the Hurricanes now just overall are just a team that leans into what they are more than they have been. And the Panthers of yeah. that t-shirt was, you know, were defensive. Like, you know, they, they were trying to be self-deprecating, but they didn't know how to. Yeah. But, you know, as as Fish says, perception is spoon-fed. Oh, my God. You quoted Fish. I'm going to have to get my uncle you know what? into this podcast. You know what? Evolving Wild was tweeting some stuff uh, about fish and Kane's ombudsman, and you know, I just figured if if we're gonna, if fish is going to get up in the hockey Twitter, I'm really going to embrace it. So. Oh my God! Did you did my my uncle was a ro- well, not a roadie, but he he went around on the road to fish shows for many many years. So I'm I'm well aware of what this is at this point. <laughs> I'm not making that up, by the way. No, I mean. Why would I make He's that? from the right area. He's from the right area and of the right age. My uncle? I don't know if you know how old he is or where he lives. Have I told you that? Well, I know where you're from. Well, you know where I'm from, but he's not necessarily from there. I'm making he's assumptions. Off the, we'll, we'll talk about family details off the air that none of you actually care about, because why would you? Uh, other things, uh, I, I did see on Twitter yesterday that everybody's starting to say... Um, oh, Keith Gretzky might not be that terrible. Jesus. I know. You know, the Edmonton Oilers deserve everything they get, so... Well, they're not the hard Panthers Keith except people Gretzky. care about them. Oh, they're worse than the Panthers. Oh, if, the Panthers if the Panthers messed it up as bad as the Oilers did, I would not be a fan of the Panthers anymore. There was a quote I saw on Twitter a couple of weeks ago from somebody who was basically like, if my, ba- if my team that I root for is bad, I'll just pick another favorite team. And I responded with, sports fandom doesn't work like that. But maybe if you're an Oilers and a Knicks fan, it might work like that. Because the Oilers well, I are mean, something beyond comprehension. I don't think it works like that for everybody. But it, uh, for me, it does. Um, I can definitely, at some point, I'm a very loyal person. But at some point, if you're not loyal to my my beliefs and how I think you should, you know, how a hockey team or like a sports team that I want to spend money on wants to act, I'll find a team that fits those Isn't beliefs. Isn't it amazing that we talked about the Oilers? They made a trade to get bad contract off books for other bad contract, former Oiler, and then getting rid of Cam Talbot, who they clearly didn't want anymore for one of the seven Flyers goalies that didn't work out. And that's somehow so good that we're now talking about how the Oilers aren't that terrible anymore. Isn't that amazing? I think it is a sign of the times that a lot of people in Edmonton are willing to go from, well, at least we didn't lose that trade that badly. It, it, is, it is lowering expectations beyond a point where even I would be they're, they're, expectations. They're bargaining with themselves. I mean, they're very, so how much they're very broken at this point. So how much is actually going to go for in a trade? 
I mean, I don't know, but I'd be willing. I'd be willing to pay a price for him. Oh, so um, I. And like you know, if that price was Mike Matheson, I think that'd be okay. Uh, if that was uh, the price, <laughs> you, I, I, I don't would, want certain people, certain people to hear that. If that happened, hockey. Twitter I mean, I think that's what the price it. would. I think that's what the price would be. I mean, oh, if it was Pooley for Matheson, straight up, come on. I mean, I think you'd probably. You'd have because here's that here's. Well, because here's the thing. I mean, Edmonton does have to trade value for somebody signed up that can't get out of Edmonton. That's something that they have to pay for. Everyone just has to acknowledge that. So Matheson fits the bill there. There's not many defensemen who come in that low on a cap hit signed up for that long. I mean, this is is how you get – this is how you get to a Taylor Hall for Adam Larson. And to be frank – I think this would be a less crazy trade. I mean, it would be less bad. It would still be really bad, but it would be less bad. And Keith Gretzky is probably a worse GM than Shirali, if I'm being honest with you. I mean, because this is... I mean, Gretzky... Pesic for Jesse Pugliarvi. It's the Oilers. You have to bring it up. I mean, but like, would they do... Like, maybe they want a package... Maybe they maybe that's how they they think that they get the better offer of the package and you can do you know two heads you got rid of two centers and Brick said and McCann because that would have been cool. fun to trade to Edmonton but you know you got Pesic you got you got some prospects you can trade you got some forwards you could trade yeah, uh, you have Reimer you could trade you go get him there's no reason why you wouldn't I mean the reason you wouldn't is because you have a finite number of assets and you think you're going to have to, you're going to have to move them in other deals. This is, this is possible. And I mean, like if you, if unless, unless you could get pool Jarvie and Clefbaum back or pool Jarvie and nurse back or something like that. Are you, you know, like it might be better off saving your assets and time looking at a different trade. There's also the idea that, you know, Oh, well, there's also the Panthers winning the draft lottery, which is not going to happen, so I'm not even going to bother thinking about it. Well, they don't want to win the draft lottery because I don't want Jack Hughes. I want the better player. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I want, well, well, Lord willing, Yari Kekalainen is speaking in the ear of someone and saying, take the Finnish guy. Listen, listen, I went three for three already. How about four for four? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, listen, I, I, I've seen the draft boards. Kako's better. He's amazing. Yeah. Like, I yeah, mean, I mean, but, he, but imagine if speaking Panthers, of hat tricks, he just had one the other day. He did. I mean, at this point, this isn't, you know, this isn't McKinnon and Barkoff. This is very different. Yes, I, I think so. I mean, like, it, I know some people would probably flip out if you took Kako over Hugh. I mean, we wouldn't, obviously, because we're, we're Finland stands. But also, you just watch him play, and I'm like, I, I just cannot imagine – a team i mean i could see a team doing it but i could say just just from just what i think and just from what i've seen i was like capo cacos to me is the better player yeah i knew you i mean were i think it's that, but yeah i don't want to get too i mean i don't want to get too into it but like well, it, that would also require when, the Panthers when, winning when the a player or one of the draft lotteries which is not going to happen so let's not even bother yeah they're not good enough to win a draft lottery, and they don't have enough built-in goodwill with the hockey gods to win a draft lottery. Last thing uh, about the draft is, 
it's not the end of the world if the Panthers don't pick three or four or five. There's three or four defensemen who will probably go in the top 12 that are worthy of the Florida Panthers getting. And, you know, they might not be ready next year or the year after, but there are so many holes in Florida's defense and the prospect pool just isn't deep enough that there's no harm in getting a a top end defensive prospect in that system as quickly as possible. And this is a great year to do it. Yep. You're right. You're right. I, I would be okay with that, but obviously the idea of Capocacco joining that forward group would be just. Yeah. It's a, it's a fun draft. I mean, I've started to like all the drafts as I've gotten older, Um, but this one, there's a lot of exciting, fun to watch players. It's deeper than, it's probably, would you say it's the deepest since 2016? Maybe? I don't know about, maybe top 10 deepest. Uh, Because if you look back on it, it was a pretty good top 10 in that draft. I just think that there are a lot of, I don't know how good these players are going to be at the NHL level. I mean, like, there's, like, Kaliev is, is probably the best example. Like, he's just very talented. And if he hits, I mean, he's going to be – everyone's going to be out of their seats watching him play. But Wouldn't it be great if the if the Delray Beach kid did that with the Panthers? Obviously, they need a defenseman, but that would be fun. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean like- there's, a, there's a lot of interesting players that I wouldn't mind having. But at the end of the day, it's like – Hopefully they get Bowen Byram, and hopefully they get like you know Billy Hanola or something like somebody just really top end. I think that there's the chance that they could, and 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 here's what we talk about. At least in the last couple of years, we have established that the Panthers have a philosophy at the draft that they follow, and draft based on. And you've liked some of their drafts recently. Yeah, I mean, the issue is, I think, with that, and we've seen it, in, is it's – I don't want to speak too much about it, but – It's a June time. When you get, when you, when you get, when you get into, like, the, the 10s or the 11s, you kind of have to – that's when teams – that's when, the, like, the biggest part, I think, of the gray zone is because that's when you're starting to go, all right, a lot of these players – have a lot of high-end skill levels but for this that or the other reason they either don't fit or they haven't been picked or maybe they sh- we shouldn't pick them but they're just off the charts or you have these guys who are maybe a little underappreciated because they had a bad year or because of this that or the other thing but they fit the need and it's kind of where you have to start making tougher decisions and i i think that's what you're saying the Panthers have leaned one way too much. I think that's what you're trying to say here. Well, I think, yeah, I think, well, I don't know if they have. I think that's a that's a matter of opinion, and it's kind of still something that you can't really decide for another couple of years until you figure out what some of these prospects are. So I don't think it's that, but I think they're getting to a point where they have to start being a little more mindful of of how they're going to set up their drafts. And I think that they can still do everything they do with PCS, but just, I don't think that they need to take a shooting. I don't think they need to take a shooting winger in the, in the first round. I don't think they're going to do that now. I think they have, or like, uh, you know, I don't think they need to take a, 
Saran Noel. Yeah, a winger. Any winger. I don't think they really... I mean, maybe. Maybe they take a winger. I don't know. Well, unless it's, it's too early. It's, it's, too it has early. to be so good that you couldn't pass it up is basically the, the example of that. Is there any other hockey topics that you wanted to get to now that I have you? Because I don't know when I'm going to get you again. The last thing is um, we, we've kind of talked about Hackstall a little. He's he's since been let, since he's been let go. He's working with the Swedish national team, actually, which is interesting for two reasons. The first reason is hopefully Hackstall learns something and, and, and gets something out of it. Um, and it helps him get another job because obviously no one. No one wants to see someone with the Swedish national team unemployed. Now, um, there was a 30 big, big podcast interview with Ricard Gronberg, and I don't know if you listened to that, but you probably should because I know he's... Yes, be. I did. <laughs> did you? And, that, and that was my second point was, I, I think it's it's a little bit of you give me this and, and I get that sort of thing. And I think for, the, for Gronberg, he gets to talk to an NHL coach about, you know, Hey, you came from a league that's not usually hiring NHL coaches straight. What was the biggest adjustment? Like, you know, what was all the stuff that you had to deal with? People maybe, you know, people didn't know your credentials, et cetera, et cetera, and gave you a hard time or it was a harder time to get a hold of the room and all that stuff. I think it's very beneficial. He's the exact type of coach that you would think he could glean a lot of information from. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, that's one name uh, that I would like ahead of the Florida Panthers head coaching list. And if Hacksaw's the D coach or the or one of the associate coaches with that, that's, that's fine by me, for sure. Well, that's another discussion entirely, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Oh, and how do you um, like Craig Berube getting the St. Louis Blues from being the worst team in the league to now being third in the Central because the West is I think it, I think it goes to... I think it goes to show what a team that maybe obviously it's a different team than Florida, um, but it's more like a team like Philadelphia where, you know, there's a certain amount of veterans who expect a certain level of success that you kind of have to change the voice behind the bench or you're pretty much admitting to them that the next couple months of work is bullshit and they don't need to show up. And I think that there's teams that take that and react to it really well. And luckily St. Louis is like that. I mean, but it's not just because of that. Ruby's stuck with a young goalie that's done well. And, Isn't you know, to think any head coach has to get credit for that. Cause you know, most head coaches, even the ones everyone says are progressive still are very traditional about how they use defenders or how they use young goalies and, he hasn't been yet. Bennington and Hart are now two of the top three for the Hart. Well, not even just the Hart, I guess, possibly, but for, for the Calder, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not a surprise to me. I think it's been uncharacteristically quiet on the Calder front because everyone's just kind of fallen in love with the same person. Um, so there's, there's been a lot of that. There's been a vacuum to fill. So, like, usually you have, like, a couple different people – come out of the gate strong and there's a lot of different voices gunning for those people. So the pre people second, third and voting um, are usually higher off where everyone was just like kind of Pedersen. And then there was some Dolan chatter and that was about it. So it doesn't take much for somebody else to enter the conversation. And as a goalie, you're much more important involved and 
you can climb that ranking a lot faster. Binghamton's going to have a better chance of winning it because the Blues have a better chance of making the playoffs. Even if I think Hart's a better goalie. No, because I still think at the end of the day it's part popularity contest and Hart would win that. Because it's Philly. If, if, if you're going to go with young goalie. I mean, because he's the better goalie. And, I mean, stylistically, if you watch, he, because of the way the the Flyers defense plays versus the way Berube's Blues defense plays, there's a lot more like bail you're out type of saves that Hart makes that stick in, you know, sports writers heads i think so i guess so i guess so i could i could see that but and i mean a lot more people travel to philadelphia and st louis i assume sports um, writers as well possibly it's kind of crazy to think just making rough assumptions i mean yeah it's kind of crazy to think that the blues are like that anyway <laughs> yeah i mean i'm i don't know good on baruby i mean he he does he can get the guys going. He he obviously has some sort of qualities about him and, and some sort of um, chops to him to. Because with the Flyers, he got decent results for a little bit too. I mean, he he seems to know have so a are decent. So going to now end up having game. to hire him full time because I think they kind of now. No, have to. no, because I think I think Armstrong's pretty. I don't want to say he's Armstrong, but uh, he's pretty. Or I don't want to say he's headstrong, but he's pretty. Um, determined to to make hard choices, I think, compared to a lot of other GMs that have been around a while. Um, like I think, if you're a, if you're a GM that's lasts a long time, you're also a GM that has trouble there. saying no to to certain people and some things. You know what I mean? Like you you're you're more you're more apt to do loyalty signings. You're more apt to compromise and things like that because you know i think i think but i think armstrong out of all the gms who's been around a while uh is the least like that and i think he will move on to a different coach i I think i don't think it's going to be broody and i think that there's still a decent overhaul in the summer um i I don't i think he's kind of made up his mind before the rally came about and um well, i think he's kind of too far down traded stats anyway yeah i mean and i think this kind of just speaks to like how he how he's going to operate and i mean i think that's best for st louis because i think that they did with the core they have in place i think they did miss their window and it's kind of just how do you kind of rejigger that because you have tarasenko you have paranko O'Reilly. You maybe have Bennington, you have O'Reilly, you got some pieces. Um, got some like, players you know, as well. Is 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 Braden Shen somebody that you can you can flip and you can build with, or is I mean, they've got still Robert or... Dominic Bach? They've got good yeah. players. I mean, yeah, and if Robbie Fabry can ever be healthy, maybe he's still an option or, or something. Some, they, but... They've got an interesting, but I mean, they were they were. I mean, it's done. Of... I like him. Yeah, he's a good player. I mean, they're, like, they were so bad. Like, when, when the Panthers went in there and gagged that game away, I was like, this is one of the worst teams in the league. And then now we're looking at it like, oh, the Blues are the hottest team in the league. They went from worst in the league on January 3rd to third in the Central because the West is such a tire fire of crap. Yeah. 
I mean, it's it's hilarious. But it's it's not. I mean, I think that there's a miss just because like there's less. It takes less points to get in. I don't think that means the West is crap. I think what happens is that there's more. I I'm not saying this out of any mathematic or scientific background or anything like that. So if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Whatever. But I think it's the West is more even. You're more. You're giving more points to each other. Teams aren't. There's less teams racking up points. Unless you're the Ducks. And you know. In the East, it's very haves and haves nots. Um, there's not there's not yeah. that big vague middle, and the and the West has that big vague middle that kind of just swap points back and forth. You're and right, I think you're right that, that that's and I think we'll see. And you know, it's we'll see how it ends up because you know there's still thirty twenty some games, thirty some games left. They I haven't checked into the schedule, but if it's a lot of West versus East teams kind of down. There's not as much of that when you get to this portion of the season. It's far less of that kind of stuff. Yeah, so what happens? So when the West plays the West and they go head-to-head. So you're, what you're saying is there's going to be an 88-point playoff team. I don't know, maybe. It certainly seems like it. Uh, who who of that, and we'll end on this, who do you want to make the playoffs out of the West? Is there anybody that you like? You know, like I hope do Colorado does. Well, yeah. Because I think they, after... I mean, but they're probably... if But they could end up getting the number one overall pick. I think they're going to be okay. Yeah, but that doesn't mean I still don't want... I think I want to see that line. I want to see those... I like Colorado. I want to see them in the playoffs. I, I mean, the care that they're getting... The, for the sake of trolling I want. I want them to get the... Playoff revenue and get the number one pick. I want the Avalanche to be good. I want to make Ottawa eat their words. I want the and, I want the Coyotes to make the playoffs because that would be hilarious. Mm, I want the Coyotes to move, but oh, I'm not gonna say I want any team to move because no, but that would be funny. Uh, maybe I guess maybe Elias I'm just in the playoffs. Vancouver would be nice to get in the playoffs, but I don't know. I would like that. I'm not a big. I, I'm I don't really care about this year. It's it was such a bad year as far as the Panthers are gone that I've just really soured on. I'm just ready for the Formula One season to start. You oh know, IndyCar. You you weird person. No, you're ready yep. for Crystal Palace to win the FA Cup. Is what you're ready for. We only have certain things to cheer about, Matt, and the FA Cup is one of them. The and FA you know, crap, as was once called by the Men in Blazers. Well, you realize that Palace winning... The That's NBA fine. Is... Palace can't even afford Blazers right now. So, you know what? The quarterfinals, do you know who Crystal Palace is playing? No idea. None. Watford. They're... Watford away. The draw was today. Well, they got... They got Zaha back. They got... Yeah. That's the way... Well, I mean, the, 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 the moment of Crystal Nobody Palace else. that's in all our minds was, was that awful Alan Pardew dance the last time they made the FA Cup final before United came back to win. Listen, that's Alan Pardew's fault. Everything's Alan Pardew's fault. This is true. It, everything is basically his fault. You're right. I can't. Just like everything's Bob Bugner's fault. And <laughs> I swear to God, if he's the Panthers coach oh, next year, Roy no Hodgson. one's going to watch any hockey. Roy Hodgson. I'd rather Roy Hodgson coach the Panthers than Bob Wigner. <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of soccer, get Ralph Kruger out of uh, 
Southampton boardroom. Maybe if they get relegated, who knows? I'm hoping that that's, you know, you said like who you're rooting for to make the playoffs. I'm not rooting for Southampton to, to win <laughs> any game the rest of the season. You're rooting for them to get relegated. So Ralph Kruger will leave. Yeah. And want to like be the president or GM of the Florida Capitals. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Anyway, I'm going to go watch that Barkoff goal some more because it's amazing and it makes me happy. I wish the best part of it, and I'm so mad that some of the highlight videos don't show it, is just him like playing with the puck in the neutral zone, just like settling it, batting it out of the air on his backhand. I think my favorite part And then blowing was... by Victor Mette, who's not slow at all. Yeah, and, I think the other um... favorite part of that is like he didn't even smile after the goal because I think it, it took him a second to realize, did I just actually do that? I think it was relief because I think like even in his head, he when he was pulling it off, he's like, I'm not sure if I should be doing this. Especially in a tie game like that. And then he does it and, you know, yeah. he, he is the best thing that has ever happened to anybody. That is the best way to end this podcast. Well, no, he lives in Boca even better. <laughs>